Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Soto Mojo Podcast. This is your site co-expert Colby Patnode, joined as always by site co-expert Ty Gonzalez. Ty, how you doing today? Uh, you know, could be better. You know, there's no more Mariner baseball, so that's sad. Um, just another March to look forward to, but I'm excited about the off season and uh, getting to talk about that for the next few months. So. Let's get it going. Yep. Um, so basically on today's show, we thought that we would more or less continue our talk of the uh, of the Mariners' big picture rather than focusing on players. Um, last week we kind of focused on players. This week we're kind of backing out a little bit to look at the macro of the Mariners' uh, franchise. And, uh, you know, Jerry DePoto had his uh, end-of-season press conference yesterday. And there were certainly some uh, interesting notes, um, some suggestions and whatnot. Uh, but I guess we'll just start right off the top. Um, start with this, Ty. Uh, DePoto says that uh, their season was a failure uh, because they didn't reach the postseason. Um, I certainly agree with that. Uh, I mean, 89 wins is nice, but uh, at the end of the day, if you're not playing today or tomorrow, then you might as well have won zero. I mean, there's really no difference. So uh, what do you think? Would you consider the season to be a failure? Well, yeah. And, and honestly, when he said that, that was probably the best thing that he said the whole conference. Um, that put me at ease because what have I said for the last two podcasts that, you know, that I, I believe that his narrative going into this off season was, well, in any other year, we would have made the playoffs at 89 wins. Blah, 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 blah. So therefore we're going to stand pat. And he would use that as his excuse to stand pat with the team that he currently has. And I, I, you know, him saying that, um, makes me feel that he, he won't, uh, be complacent this off season, um, that he does actually recognize what happened here. And that, you know, the, the Mariners were playing such amazing ball to, to, start the season for the first three months. And then they just fell apart, especially against bad teams, Mm -hmm. you know, like obviously, you know, some of it could be attributed to like the, 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 you know, the increase in uh, difficulty um, of opponents, but even against, you know, the Rangers and the, the angels and the Padres, you know, they, they just, they fell apart and the offense fell apart, and they had an opportunity realistically to win 100 games this season. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, and, and that can be attributed to, you know, the lack of pitching. I think it was more so the, the lack of offensive depth, because when your stars, you know, tend to fall down, back down to earth, you need some of your role players to pick them up, and they just didn't have good enough role players on their team. So, yeah, hearing um, DePoto say that, it, it eased me a little bit. I, um, yeah, because, you know, I, I've been saying that if they reached 90 wins or if they reached 89 or whatever, that they were going to feel complacent and feel okay with the team that they fielded this year and try to keep as much of it together as possible. 
And, you know, that's just not what, <laughs> you know, what's going to get you there. And I, I, another comment that I liked and um, was um, how he said that they don't want to win or they don't want to play in a wild card game. Mm-hmm. And that's what I always felt that that was their goal. I felt that they were just okay with getting into the playoffs by any means necessary, which I mean, most teams are and should be, but the goal should always be to win the division. And, um, they, you know, because Scott, excuse me, Scott service was also there and they both reiterated that, um, they want to build a team that can win the division. They can, they want to build a team that can compete with the Red Sox, the Yankees, and the Astros. And that, you know, hopefully they realize that they can't build a team like that by acquiring players through trades. You know, hopefully they realize that that has to be done in, in free agency this year. If that's what they want to do, if that's the team that they want to build, they have to do that in free agency. There's the talent available to build a team like that. They have a, a nice um, core already. Uh, it's not like they need to get a bunch of superstars in here. It's not like they're, a, you know, like they need Bryce Harper or anything like that, um, which is unrealistic anyway. But, you know, getting like an AJ Pollock or someone, and you know a couple of other uh, role players. That that's a team that can can actually like compete in ball games against you know a Red Sox. You know they're not as good, but they can compete with them. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and a, I think good. And I think that's what hopefully they were implying there mm-hmm. with saying that was that. You know they they you know they recognize that their their farm system is bad and it won't get them really anything of worth on the trade market that will boost you to World Series contention. You have to do that on the free agent market. And um, yeah, and and also that was another thing. He Jerry Depoto did make an emphasis on mentioning the free agent market. He didn't, he did mention the trade market, but he really said like the free agent market. So that was another thing that I, I took note of and, um, made me a little more excited. Sure. So, yeah. Before we bounce ahead to the team building, there are two quick actual, I guess, I guess you'd call them actual news, um, bits that came out of this press conference because, you know, they were reported, they are happening as opposed to uh, the speculation that we'll be giving most of the podcast. But uh, um, the entire coaching staff, with the exception of pitching coach Mel Stottlemyre Jr., will return next year, or at least they've been invited back to return. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Mariners will be in the market for a new pitching coach, uh, which is interesting. But until we know the replacement, I'm not sure there's much news there. And uh, Ichiro is going to get a spring training invite. He's and let's just be perfectly honest, he's going to be on the 28-man roster when they play that two-game series in Japan. So um, that just confirms what I'm, I already knew, and I'm sure that you knew as well. So yeah, anything to add there? Um, I think the Mel Stoudemire thing is because of Felix. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they 
see a correlation between the pitching coach and Felix's lack of um, success over the last few years. Um, I don't think it's actually that, you know, like personally, I don't think that any pitching coach could really save Felix from Felix. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Um, you know, they're, they're going to have to try to get the most out of Felix this year um, be, because he's guaranteed uh, a spot on the roster and most likely the rotation. Um, so I don't know, getting another coach in there, maybe to help him work on his mechanics. If he's willing to listen and willing to change, um, maybe that can help. I don't know. Um, I liked Stottlemyre. I thought he was an okay pitching coach, you know, that I don't put too much stock into, um, into all that, but, uh, whatever. Um, another thing is, you know, Manny Acta will, uh, probably, um, interview for a few uh, managerial jobs sure. uh, this year. Uh, so it's possible he could be out. Um, the Twins just fired Paul Molitor as their manager. Um, so that could be an opening for, for Acta. And Molitor could also be a potential candidate to be the bench coach. Who knows? Yeah. Um, Wasn't Molitor the hitting coach here in like 2004? Yeah. So yeah. Okay. there you go. Yeah. Uh, and, and, um, as for the Ichiro thing, yeah, we we um, we knew it was going to happen. He's going to play uh, in Japan. Um, God, that's annoying. Yeah, it's annoying, and it's you know it's against the A's too. Um, I'm sure those may- games won't matter. So, I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see with the pitching coach if they bring in a. Uh, more of an analytics guy or more of an old school guy. Um, there is kind of two new approaches. Do they bring in like a biomechanics type of guy who, uh, you know, a trainer essentially, or do they bring in a, uh, an actual coach who just kind of make sure everybody's doing their thing and make sure everybody's comfortable and all that stuff. Um, it'll be interesting to see who they bring in for that. Um, and yeah, you know, it would suck to lose Manny Acta. Um, I think he's a really smart guy, but at the same time, he is um, he's exceptionally qualified to be a manager, and I would like to see him get another shot. Hopefully it's not with the Angels, because yeah. that, that, that would hurt me a little bit. But uh, yeah, you know, if they lose Acta, that'll open up the bench coach spot. I, they might promote from within. Who knows? But uh, yeah, you know, we'll see what happens there. But at the end of the day... These manager or these uh, coaching positions don't matter nearly as much as the players on the field. So I wonder if another thing is like with bringing in the pitching coach is to maybe help Scott with his bullpen management. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if 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 you need a if you need to bring somebody in to help a manager with their bullpen management, you should probably just replace the manager. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying bullpen management is easy. But it's a lot easier than Scott's service has made it look over the last couple of years. So um, we'll see. Uh, it's definitely possible. I know that they like, uh, I think, DeLuna. That's the bullpen coach. They like him a lot. He's kind of more of a uh, a numbers type of guy. So I wonder if they'll bring in another numbers type of uh, person. And I, 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 Or maybe they'll just uh, promote DeLuna. Yeah, it's possible. Um, I think they like the idea of having two uh, pitching coaches, though. They mentioned that they really like that 
you know, on the average coaching staff, there's like five or six guys who deal with position players and usually only one, one that deals with pitchers. So I think they like having two, but you know, they could promote DeLuna and hire a new bullpen coach or they can, there's lots of things they can do there. So uh, yeah. that'll be interesting, but I don't have a list of potential pitching coaches in my database. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> so uh, until they make a hire there, I don't think there's much else to say. Um, so let's get back to the, the speculation or, you know, the fun stuff. And uh, let's start right here. Um, because I think it's something you and I both expected, but it was explicitly stated by Jerry DePoto. So I think we can officially rule out the rebuild. He said, and I'm quoting here, we have to consider all things, but the likelihood of ever truly considering a teardown model, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Guys like Mitch Hanniger, like Marco Gonzalez, like Edwin Diaz, these are pieces that you try to build around, not send away. Uh, we do have a nice group of young, controllable players that we do intend to build upon. So there it is. Uh, a teardown is not going to happen. I, I will say this, though. I do find it interesting that he used the word teardown instead of rebuild, um, which may leave some wiggle room in what he does this offseason. But uh, anyways, Ty... You hear a statement like that, what it, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Um, I noticed that he didn't mention Ryan Healy. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's but, uh, James Paxton. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, we, we you and I both know uh, or knew that they weren't going to rebuild, at least fully. Um, that was a pipe dream. That's what we were hoping they would do. Um, because you and I, you know, we, we love the, the off season and the trades and all the moves. And so one extreme or the, or the other is exciting to us. So either going all in on a rebuild or going all, all in on contention is exciting to us. Um, yeah, I, you know, it's, it's probably for the best, uh, if you want this team to contend this year, you know, just hopefully that. You know, like, again, um, they're not standing pat. And honestly, after hearing DePoto's comments, I don't think they are planning on doing that. But we'll see. Um, and, yeah, I, I just – I don't know. <laughs> I, I I just hope that they um, recognize what standing pat would do to this organization and how it would just not progress anything whatsoever either, you know, you with how, with such the awkward position that they're in, it's, um, they have to go one extreme or the other, even if that's, you know, what we kind of just hopelessly hope, you know, want, um, that's kind of what they need right now. And, Hopefully they're going. Hopefully that's the plan is to go all in on contention now. Yeah, you know, I, I wrote an article about a week ago, give or take, and with an analogy that I think is pretty solid. Um, and if you guys didn't read it, basically the analogy is is that the Mariners are at the blackjack table with the uh, quote unquote big boys of the American League. They are playing blackjack against the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Indians and the Astros. Oakland's kind of there. Tampa Bay is maybe there, but basically they're there. They're playing blackjack with all these guys and they have a 16 and the dealer showing a seven. 
which means they're stuck in the middle. If they hit, there's a good chance they bust. If they don't hit, there's a good chance they lose to the dealer. It, so they're kind of stuck in the middle here. So really, the only two options are, like you said, either to leave the table, as in rebuild, or hit on your 16 and hope that you get a 5. And that means going out and spending money, taking more risk. So those are really the only two options to compete in 2019. Um, but, you know, it the whole kind of tone of the presser, I would say, makes me wonder if maybe, just maybe, they're open to the idea that we proposed, well, last week or two weeks ago, to the soft rebuild. Um, I, I, there's just something about the tone there and, um, you know, a suggestion that they could step, uh, they could step back, uh, take a step back in 2019 to set themselves up for 2020. Um, DePoto's uh, direct quote on that was, uh, that has to be a consideration. Uh, our goal is to win a world series as soon as we can. If we aren't going to win it in 2018, which they're not because hello, then our goal, starting with the meetings this morning as we move forward, is to determine that what our best timeline is. So if it's not 2019, if they see it more as 2020, a soft rebuild makes more sense, doesn't it? Yeah, and I mean, you know, uh, he did mention Edwin Diaz as a part of their future, so I guess mm-hmm. that's off the table. Yeah. Um, though he's said that about players before, and then he's traded them like a week later. <laughs> sure. Um you know, and I, I, I know not to trust the general manager's words. Um, yeah, but I, I think, you know, if they soft rebuild, you got to start with Paxson. Um, and, um, you know, I, I hate to sound like, you know, the casual fan that consistently annoys us, <laughs> but, you know, maybe they're tired of Paxson's injury history. You know, maybe they're 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 growing a bit wary of that, um, and that's helping the you know helping push them you know forward uh, to at least look at a deal for him. Um, and honestly, it would be smart. You know, Paxson's going into his uh, age thirty season. Um, he still hasn't pitched a fully healthy season, and honestly, at this point, I don't think he ever will because the body just breaks down more with age. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I I like Paxson a lot. I think he's one of the best pitchers in the American League. But, you know, it, it might be for the best for them to try to swing a deal and get something that's just 75% of what the Rays got for Chris Archer. That would be amazing. Um but if the deal's not there, you know, don't force it either. You know, you have Paxson, who, like I said, is one of the better pitchers in the AL. Um, you can win with that guy. And if he does actually have a healthy, fully healthy season, then, or have a season even like this, this year, where he, you know, he pitched 160 innings. That's pretty solid. Um, and one of the yeah. times he went to the DL, he got hit in the elbow with a line drive. I mean, that's not yeah. something that you can exactly yeah. prevent. I mean, that, that's just bad luck. Yeah, that's just bad luck. Yeah, the only time that he um, he got hurt of something that was, you know, more body-wise, it was uh, the back, right, before the All-Star break. 
Yeah, and he effectively missed two starts because of it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I just, you know, I don't know. It's It just seems like, you know, bad luck chases that guy wherever yeah. he goes. And um, I don't know if that, that might, you know, like I said, push them to, to at least look for a deal. Um, but I'm sure that, you know, trading him is going to be under consideration at some point for their front office. Mm-hmm. Which it should be. I mean, most of their players should be, um, if not all of them. Um, Because, you know, like we talked about, they're middle of the road. And if somehow someone comes out of nowhere and offers you a trade for Kyle Seager, take, you know. (laughs) Jump on it. Yeah. So, like. Yeah, and I, and I don't think that that will happen. I don't want our listeners to think that Kyle Seager will be traded, or there's even a chance of that. I I really don't see there being any interest on the trade market for Seager um, with that contract. Uh, yeah, Seager is a a choice. Uh, so is uh, James Paxson. But I think, and at least certainly last night on Twitter, which as we know is not, you know, always the best source of anything. But uh, the guy who got mentioned last night a few times, at least to me um, and throughout Twitter, is uh, Gene Segura possibly being traded uh, this winter. There was certainly some incidents over the last uh, month or so. There was the fight that apparently was between him and Dee Gordon. Um, There's Scott Service calling him out for not playing through a, a bone bruise on his shin or whatever it was. And then there was him bizarrely pulling Gene Segura for not hustling in a seven to nothing game in the second inning in the final series of the season, which is absolutely meaningless. Um, so on the surface trading Gene Segura seems absurd, but I mean, there's all these like smoke signals that something's not quite right here. So, uh, I don't know. What, what do you think? If the Mariners are open to anything, should that include trading their, uh, their all-star shortstop? I mean, sure, but it's so weird because Segura seems like the nicest dude, yeah. right? And it's just like, why is he, like, if he's fighting with D. Gordon, and why is his manager throwing him under the bus? It just doesn't make any sense. It, like, Gene is one of, you know, the the most hyper, you know, players on the, on the team. They, you know, he's... He's one of the driving forces of, uh, you know, any excitement, any, you know, camaraderie of the team. At least that's what it seems like from afar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it just, it's come out of nowhere and it, and it, I don't know. It, but, you know, in terms of trading him, I mean, yeah, you could probably get something nice for him, but. Do you want to do that? It just, especially like, who's playing short? D. Gordon? I mean, that's a huge drop off from Gene Segura. Um, you know, I, I do think that some of these issues this year, um, can be put on his, you know, defensive switch to center field and that may have taken his focus off of other aspects of the game. And, you know, we've seen that with players like Mike Zanino where they they're focusing so much on improving defensively that their offense just, you know, suffers. Um but I just 
no, I just I don't see how you get better by trading Gene Segura. He's still a young player, um, relatively, and he's con- you know he's controlled for what the next four years. Um, yep. Yeah, I just I don't I don't see how that's really a viable option unless he's just somehow this locker room cancer that we don't know about. Yeah, it's I, it's really uh, it's tough because it seems like over the last month you've heard nothing but negative things from Gene Segura, about Gene Segura, and they're coming from his manager, which is really weird. Um, less weird when you realize that Scott Service is actually terrible at his job. So, but it, it's still weird to see a guy, and the guy's a 28 year old all star who's been an absolute success for you since he came here in 2017. He, you know, I mean, he's under contract for a very reasonable deal. I mean, $14 million a year for Gene Segura is a great deal, Um, especially the 29 29 through 32 seasons. Uh, That's a steal. yeah, Yeah, that's an absolute bargain. And so for... I mean, Gene Segura would have to be, like, one of the worst teammates ever for me to consider trading him. It just it doesn't make sense because you're taking a four-win shortstop, according to Baseball Reference War, and I think he's pretty close to four in uh, in Fangrass. So you're taking a four-win shortstop, a guy who's been – a guy who is an above-average defender, an above-average hitter, and is occasionally a good base runner and occasionally not. And you're just going to ship him off in his prime because why? I, and if you do that, who's who's replacing him? You know, D. Gordon cannot be your answer at shortstop every day. D. Gordon is a terrible shortstop. If you need him to cover, you know, 100 innings there a year, fine, whatever. But you cannot let D. Gordon be your shortstop for, you know, a thousand innings and have any kind of success whatsoever with that. So D. Gordon's not the answer at shortstop. But Colby, what about Corey Seager? Let's trade for him. <laughs> yeah. While we're at it, we should sign Bryce Harper, and uh, I bet we could trade Felix Hernandez for uh, Glaber Torres. We should try that, too. So. <laughs> hey, I mean, the Yankees have always wanted him. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But, yeah, it, it just it doesn't make sense to me on the surface. If you are going to trade him, I, I it just – Again, who are you getting to replace him, and what are you getting back? Is there a scenario where you trade Gene Segura and get better? Maybe, but it's pretty small odds. If you're getting, you know, a, a young, you know, starting pitcher that's basically MLB ready, sure, maybe you get better that way. Um, if you know, if he winds up to be an ace, but I mean, that's such a <laughs> Low, low possibility. It just, again, there's just not, because you don't have a shortstop ready to go in your farm system. It's one thing if Noel V. Marte was ready, you know, 21, and he was tearing it up in double A, and so you know what, this is our guy, so we're going to trade Gene Segura now. I mean, that makes some sense. But you don't have that guy. That guy's not out there in free agency. I mean, I profiled the shortstops. There aren't a lot of them, um, especially since Manny Machado isn't an option, not for you anyways. Um, and you just look at the teams that probably um, make sense for 
for uh, Gene Segura at shortstop. It's Milwaukee. Gene came from Milwaukee. Is he willing to waive his no-trade clause to go back to Milwaukee? I don't know. There's a lot of painful memories there. Who knows? Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But Milwaukee makes the most sense. And then you look at a team like Pittsburgh. Is Pittsburgh going to be able to absorb a $14 million contract? Uh, I don't know. They've always been a low-budget team. They just, you know, they just traded for Chris Archer, so that ate up some money. And I don't know. We don't know. Uh, Philadelphia, they make some sense, but again, uh, they're supposed to be in the Manny Machado sweepstakes. They don't really have that young pitcher that you want. I mean, and don't you dare say Aaron Nola, or I'll slap you. So I just, and then you look at like Minnesota. Are they rebuilding? Are they going for it? What what is Minnesota doing? They have a lot of money. They need a shortstop. And then if you look at, like, uh, a second ba- second baseman, um, maybe the Nationals and maybe the Dodgers. But it, there's just not a lot of fits for Gene Segura right now. And there just aren't a lot of shortstops that you can get to replace him. Um, so I don't. the whole thing just seems weird. I, I don't get why they're treating Gene Segura the way they are. And it almost forces you to think that, there is something happening in that clubhouse, and uh, it's bad. If they're considering trading a four-win shortstop who's in his prime when they're supposed to be competing, I, I just I don't get it. Yeah, I mean the other thing that you could that you could just look at is that you know maybe um, service just wasn't getting enough out of the the younger, more inexperienced players, I guess, and he wanted to make an example of one of their stars and it just so happened to be Segura. I don't know. It, there there could just be nothing. Like, this may just be, you know, all swept under a rug by now and uh, over with. I can't see them trading him, especially because of the no-trade clause and there aren't really a lot of options and there aren't really a lot of options to replace them either. So, as you said, so it just, you know, Jerry DePoto is a realist. Um, I do believe that. I, 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 I just, I can't see him doing that. That just wouldn't make a lot of sense to me, honestly. Um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like they're, they might have worked through it um, by now. But we'll see. Um, I do think one of Segura or uh, D. Gordon will be gone from this team. I don't think that D. Gordon will be the utility uh, player that we hope he would be. Um, yeah, I just um, I don't know. I, I I don't see the both of them on the on the team, especially if there's some bad blood between them, which sucks because they were like they were the electricity that you know, gave this team a spark in the first half of the season. And, mm-hmm. you know, by the end of the season, they're fighting with each other. And I don't know. It's just, it's really sad what happened um, to uh, the 2018 Mariners. That's just looking back on it. Just, they had everything in their laps and just all fell apart. And now, you know, we're talking about trading Gene Segura, who was the hero of the all-star game and was, you know, playing at nearly an MVP level for most of the season. And, um, yeah. 
yeah, it's just, it's a really sad situation overall. Um, you know, and if it is D versus Gene, then the Mariners should make the right decision and they should keep Gene Segura. Um, frankly, it's not close. Gene is a significantly better player than D Gordon. Um, and honestly, if they could trade D Gordon, I would be on board with that, even if they were best friends, because I'm just, I'm done with D Gordon. Um, he was a failure this year. There's really no way around it. Maybe that's not all his fault, but at the end of the day, the results are the results, and he was a bad player this year. Um, so, And he's going to make $13 million next year. Yeah, I, I'm definitely trading D. Gordon if I have to choose between one of them. Um, of course, Major League Baseball would prefer Gene Segura, I'm sure. So uh, maybe it's just uh, whoever gets us more. I don't know. But uh, I, I hope you're right. I hope that D. Gordon... If both of them aren't going to be on the roster, I hope it's D. Gordon that goes. Um, and I hope Gene Segura is here because, quite frankly, unless unless there's something we don't know about, which is a possibility, it just does not make sense to let a guy like that go at all. Yeah. So, so, who knows? So Can't wait for us to trade him to the Orioles. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyways, uh, so a couple other little news and notes from the uh, – from the press conference, uh, mainly at second base and uh, in DH. Um, second base is a little bit of a question mark. Uh, Robinson Cano wants to return there, uh, but you do have D. Gordon. D. Gordon's a better defender. Um, Robinson Cano is significantly better bat. Um, so if you think that D. Gordon's going to be traded, that would make Robinson Cano your second baseman, right? I mean, more than um... likely. Yeah, like more likely, but the the second base market is pretty good in yep. free agency this year. Um, I wouldn't hesitate to to dive in there, and um, even um, I think it was Service that said this yesterday that you know he can't guarantee where where Cano will be next year because the roster that they have right now won't be the roster that they have in March. Um, and I think that does speak a little bit to the fact that the second base market is pretty good this year and that they also have D Gordon on the team for the moment. Um, yeah, I just, I have a hard time seeing him being the starting second baseman next year for some reason. I, I think that their plan has always been to move him to first. Uh, eventually that kind of got sped up with, you know, the, the, um, suspension and everything but you know maybe now's the time to just go all in on that and if it helps you construct a better roster then do it um plus you know if you don't have a lot of faith in ryan healy to to start 140 games for you um you know you can put him on the bench and that's a nice power bat to have on the bench um so there are there are a lot of options that go into that. I think that I think first and second base is one of the more interesting topics uh, for the Mariners this offseason. Mm-hmm. and one that actually isn't being talked about enough, in my opinion. Uh, and we'll definitely cover that uh, quite a bit um, as offseason goes. But yeah, I, I I just right now I think it's for the best that they go Cano at first. Um, I don't, I don't 
I, I don't even want to begin to think about him at third. Um, I've seen, you know, quite a few people on Twitter talking about that. Don't do it. Um, Kyle Seager is your Kyle starting Seager there, third honestly. baseman. Yeah. It's going to happen. Oh. Accept it. He's playing third base in 2019. Get over it. Yeah. So. I, I don't know. I would, I would, so, that was another thing that Jerry spoke about that. He does um, think that um, Kyle Seager can bounce back. Um so for those of you that are wanting Seager off of this team, probably not going to happen. Plus, there, you know, like I said earlier, there aren't a lot of, uh, there won't be a lot of interest for for Seager on the trade market, if any. So, yeah, he's he's pretty much guaranteed a spot on this roster. And I I think Seager does have a really good chance chance of uh, bouncing back pretty well this year. You know, Kyle Seager has been a really good player. Um, I do think that this year was an anomaly. It's just kind of weird that he never got it going. Um, you know, he, he had, you know, little spurts here and there during the summer where he got hot for a couple of days, but, um, nothing really, uh, came to fruition, but I, you know, just the, the low OBP numbers and the low average and, you know, um, everything. I just, I don't think that's who Kyle Seeger really is. Um, I, I think he will play better uh, in 2019. Um, and yeah, I mean the defense. You know, he's still really good defensively. So even if you just have a really good defensive third baseman, I mean, you know, what more can you ask for? Because there aren't a lot of those. You know, there aren't many Matt Chapmans and Kyle Seegers out there that you can just grab. Yeah, there's there's none really. Yeah, it just. Uh... You know, just one of those things. I actually think that uh, Robinson Cano, if D. Gordon's not on your roster, I think it makes a lot more sense to uh, to have Robinson Cano play second, honestly. Um, he wasn't very good at first base. Uh, you know, and granted, you know, he tried to learn it in a week, and it didn't work out. But uh, I don't know, man. I just I think Cano is good enough at second. The bat plays better at second than it does at first. Uh, he's comfortable there, and depending on what you actually want to do in 2019 in terms of are you competing, are you soft rebuilding, are you going all in, like until we know the answer to that question, it's really tough to fit any of these pieces into the puzzle. Um, that being said, you know, having Cano's bat back in your lineup for 145 games instead of 70-whatever it was uh, – you know, that's definitely an upgrade to the Mariners, whether it's at second or first. Um, I would actually, but I would stick them at second base. Um, assuming, again, assuming that you don't go out and you get like DJ LeMahieu or Jed Lowry or whatever it is. I mean, that changes everything. Um, but if you're not going to go get a second baseman who's better defensively than Robinson Cano, just keep him out there because he's still fine. He's, he's fine at second base. He's not great mm-hmm. anymore, but he's average to above average at second. So. Um, but it is nice to have that flexibility that, you know, Hey, if Jed Lowry falls in our price range and he wants to come here, then we can just push Robbie to first and there you go, you know, or whoever it is. Daniel Murphy. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, wow. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And then the other uh, little bit of news is the, the Nelson Cruz situation. Um, you know, as we all know, Nelson Cruz played uh, the last game of his current contract on Sunday, 
where he was removed in the third inning, I think it was, uh, from right field. Got a nice uh, nice ovation from the fans. Um, and, you know, the further we get into the offseason, the more likely it is that he's not going to come back, which would be a real bummer. But uh, of Nelson Cruz, Jerry Depoto said, uh, quote, we're looking at all the different possibilities and potentials, and we don't know. Right now, it appears there is a very clear need at DH, and we all know and love Nelson. We have to consider what comes next and the different and creative ways a roster might come together. We will never close the door on considering anything up and up to and including bringing him back. I think Nelly would like to be back, but I'm sure he is considering options as well. I, that sounds like a breakup to me. I... I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm reading into it, um, but it does. Well, to me, I think that when he says different and creative ways for the roster, I think that's saying that maybe we're not going to go the traditional route with the DH and we're just going to have a DH by committee. You know, maybe that's a possibility that, you know, a lot of teams teams do now. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, that might be for the for the best, um, you know, but Nelson Cruz is, you know, he's, he's pretty good uh, still. And um, I don't know. I think that they're just, you know, um, sticking to their guns, you know, and, and, and just trying to right. maintain that competitive edge or whatever, you know, kind of um, term you want to, you, you know, they often use. Um I don't. I, I think they want him back. I know he wants to come back. Um, I think that will happen. Um, I don't think he'll. Honestly, in my mind, I don't think he'll he'll even make free agency. I think they'll get a done a deal done uh, sooner rather than later. I, I wrote about that on um, on the site. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you want a one year deal. I, I think that would be the best for the Mariners, but I think it'll take a two year deal to get him extended and keep him away from free agency. Um, I think he's, I think he'll be fun enough p- to play, uh, two more years. Uh, if you look at, you know, the DHs that are kind of, of his caliber, um, you know, just in, you know, uh, uh, historically, you know, the David Ortiz's, the Edgar Martinez's, they were fine, um, around his age. Um, you know, and then you can always keep, uh, the door open with a third year club option. Um, I think that gets it done. Yeah. But uh yeah, you know, there there aren't going to be a lot of options for him on the market. Um the Rays might be an option, but outside yeah. of that, they're it's not just gonna spend Astros. that money. The Rays aren't gonna spend sixteen, seventeen million dollars on anybody. Yeah. So Yeah. So, you know, it's just um yeah, outside of that it's just the Astros, really. Um Yep. And that would and, suck. Yeah, and then you don't want that to happen, uh, especially if you're trying to win the division. That would basically be handing uh, one of your best players to your to the team that you're chasing. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think they get the deal done. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's I would have reservation about giving him two guaranteed years. Um, you know, and it's not so much because I don't think he can still be productive. Um, because you look at his last five years, those, by the way, is age 33 to 37 season, when most people are coming out of their prime. And Nelson Cruz has been the equivalent of a Hall of Fame hitter 
those last five years. I mean, that's not hyperbole. He's legitimately been a Hall of Fame quality player for the last five years. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, I don't know what your plans are in 2018. I don't know what your plans are in 2019. I, I do like the flexibility of being able to rotate guys through the DH and give them time off. It seems to work for just about every other team. Um, and again, the total two years thing, when you're third, Nelson Cruz will t- turn 39 on July 1st of 2019. We have no idea when he's going to fall off the table. It might not happen in those two years. It might happen after this year. We don't know uh, for sure. Um, so I, don't, I, I would be hesitant just to give him two guaranteed years. Now, if the Mariners are actually not considering everything, i.e. they're not going to trade Gene Segura, they're not going to trade, then you have you almost have to resign him because you can't replace that production and still expect to compete in 2019. I just you really think that Daniel Vogelbach is going to be the guy, you know, to replace Nelson Cruz and post the 140 OPS plus or whatever it is that Cruz can give you? No, and I don't think there's a better bat that you can afford on the market. Um, so I, I think this gets done. Well, soon. yeah, really, realistically, when you look at Cruz's production, a better bat would be a Machado or a Harper. Maybe not even Harper. I mean, yeah, maybe not even Harper. It's literally so like there is a very fine line there. Right. If if Nelson Cruz was thirty one years old, he would be getting, you know, a hundred fifty, two hundred million dollars. Yeah. If he could play any kind of defense whatsoever, that's what he would get. His bat is that good. So I just again, if I'm trying to, I could I could see a scenario where they say, you know what. We're not going to sign Nelson Cruz for $18 million or whatever it is. We're going to use that, and we're going to go get, I don't know, we're going to go get a seventh-inning reliever, a utility guy, and a really good catcher. Could that make up the three wins that you would lose by Nelson Cruz? Maybe. It might. Depends on who the players specifically are. Right, and if they perform. Um, I don't know. It just feels like Cruz is a known commodity to me. Um, so I would very much be in favor of any one-year deal with some kind of option. Um, maybe it's a mutual option. Maybe it's a, uh, a performance option where if he reaches certain cliffs or valleys or whatever, then he automatically re-ups. Um, but I know that players don't like those type of deals. Um, they don't want to be stuck anywhere, quote unquote, but I think Nelson Cruz wants to be here. And I do think part of this is the Mariners uh, posturing a little bit like, hey, we don't have to resign you. We know the market's not going to be that flush. There's like two or three teams that could realistically afford you and want you. And you want to be here more than anywhere. So maybe it's a little bit of that, but I don't know, man. It it would be real. I would be really bummed if Nelson Cruz wasn't a Mariner in 2019, but I could totally see the justification for it. Yeah. Assuming they use the money wisely or at all. And that's, yeah. that's a big assumption. You just, you got to think about how low is he actually willing to go? Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if any team would honestly give him 18 million. I don't even know if the Astros would give him 18 million. I doubt. Um, I, mean, I think like in, in the deal that I predicted, I said two year 31 million. So that's 15 and a half. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a good number. I think 16 is kind of the cap. He could go as low as 13 or 14, but I doubt it. Um, it's just, you know, he, he, he doesn't play, you know, he, he played two games in the field this year. Something like that. So he's not going to an NL team. Nope. And he's going to, I, I doubt that he is interested in going to a rebuilding team. So that eliminates pretty much uh-huh. half of the AL. Yep. Um, and then you, you know, the A's can't afford him. You, you know, like you said, the Rays probably won't, you know, won't give him the money that he desires. That was like the only other option that I kind of saw as a fit, maybe. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, that the Indians, the Red Sox, the Yankees, they're fine where they're at. And that leaves the Astros and the Mariners. And, you know, maybe the Astros, you know, their priorities are going to be more set on, you know, retaining Charlie Morton and Dallas Keuchel and Marwin Gonzalez. And Evan Gaddis. And Evan Gaddis. So, you know, maybe that's not even an option for Cruz. So maybe Seattle really is his only option. Um, or maybe some NL team out there is stupid enough to throw him $20 million to and and to play the field for some reason. I the you New know, York Mets. Yeah. I mean, you know, they had Jose Bautista play third base for them. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, yeah, maybe, but I don't know. I just, I don't see Cruz as, as, the, as the type of player to end his career on a bad team. Yeah. I mean, the Mariners could very well be a bad team. <laughs> um, yeah. But, right, right now, they're not a bad team. They might yeah. end up being one, but right now, they aren't. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that, you know, the Astros and the the Mariners, and I just, I think they can drive his price down a little bit. I don't know if they can get it anywhere under 13 or 14. I I don't think he's taking a pay cut. And he's making $14 million this year. So, yeah. uh, And I I also don't think you want to be the Mariners and just lowball him and have an upset Nelson Cruz. Um, because the guy is legitimately a three win player is worth anywhere between 15 to $20 million a year. Yeah. Um, and because he's a DH, um, so he doesn't provide any value on the field or on the bases. It's probably closer to 15 than 20, but I just, I mean, you don't want to insult the guy and offer him like, Hey, you know how you just had 37 homers and a 340 on base and all that stuff. And we're an all-star. Yeah, we're only going to offer you ten million dollars when we paid you fourteen last year. I, I don't think that works. I, I just I don't think that's going to work. So, um, it also depends on how much he actually wants to be here. Yeah. You know, I mean, because if he wants to be here and he and you know the Mariners say, well, you know, we need like these, you know, an extra few million to you know spend elsewhere. You know, maybe he'd be willing to take a pay cut in that sense. I don't know. Um. I just I don't see that. I, I think fifteen and a half to sixteen, maybe seventeen, uh, is kind of a good area um, to project them at. And I think the Mariners can do that. It just depends on if they want to. Um, yeah, like, and it also depends on you know because they have Denard Span on their on their roster still. 
Um, for now. They can opt out if they want. But he could be another option to maybe be one of those guys that um, rotates in and out of the DH role. Sure. Um, you know, maybe they uh, uh, get a guy like Marwin Gon- Gonzalez or someone, you know, of that stature. Uh I don't know. There, there, there are some options for them out there. Yeah, and like I said, it's definitely possible for the Mariners to trade or not, not re-up Nelson Cruz and actually get better. Um, they won't be better offensively, more than likely, but they can still get better if they, for example, they don't sign Nelson Cruz, but they use the money they save to go get Patrick Corbin, and then the. And the new DH is pick a veteran with a decent bat, you know, whoever it is, and you rotate them. Maybe if maybe if he goes to the Astros, you can get Evan Gaddis. Yeah, and Gaddis is probably worth eight million dollars. Uh, yeah, probably. Pull up Gaddis's numbers, but yeah, I mean, how maybe you use that fourteen million or whatever it is, and you go get Cody Allen and you know a really solid catcher that can compete with Mike Zanino, you know, and man, Gaddis is actually coming off a bad year. So, so uh, yeah, Gaddis might be a real possibility as a replacement. Well, Uh, he had those two months where he was just beyond insanely hot. Yeah. He finished at 226, 284, 452 with 25 homers. And, but again, I Gaddis, if you try to replace Cruz with Gaddis, it, you're going to save money. But it's the same issue where Gaddis is pretty much DH only. I mean, he appeared at catcher. Let me see. He appeared at catcher for four innings. Um, and then left year. field. And uh, he hasn't played left field since 2015. Oh. So, yeah, he's been DH. He caught 55 games in 2016. And 49 games in 2017. He's only got, yeah, he's got 34 innings of experience at first base. And only one of those innings came uh, after tw- after 2013. <laughs> so he's kind of a DH only as well. So, uh, I mean, maybe you like him because he is uh, a catcher. He can catch, you know, briefly. Um, he can't, I guess you can put him in left field. He's done it before. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. The whole Nelson Cruz thing is interesting to me. Um, again, because you could be worse offensively and still be a better team if you're better at run prevention, right? It's two ways to win games. You either score more runs than the other team or you give up fewer, which is, you know, basically the same side of the coin, but you get the point. Yeah. So I don't know. That'll be interesting to see. Um, I absolutely get what uh, DePoto is saying about flexibility, and that's monetarily and roster-wise. I get that. That makes perfect sense to me, and I could buy it if, you know, Nelson Cruz is asking for three years at $50 million, which honestly isn't really out of line. Um, but I just – I don't know. It's We'll see how that goes. That's going to be a very fascinating uh, conversation, and it'll be interesting to see how it develops. But at the end of the day, I would say there's a better than 50-50 shot that Nelson Cruz is back with the Mariners. Do uh, you agree? I put it at 75. Okay. 
So, yeah, 75. I say better than 50-50. Plus, you know, it's Nelson Cruz. Who doesn't want Nelson Cruz on their baseball team? Yeah. (laughs) Apparently Jerry DePoto. Anyway, anyway, so uh, (laughs) those those are kind of the big notes that I got from the press conference. Is there anything that you took away that we haven't touched on yet? Um, not really. Um, I think, you know, just to reiterate what I said, uh, towards the beginning of the podcast, um, what he, uh, what he said about this season being a failure and what Scott service said about this season being ultimately a failure. Yeah. It's great that you got 89 wins, but the way that you got there wasn't fantastic. Um, you know, there there are a lot of things that played into that that negatively uh, reflect on your ball club. Um, one is the lack of competition in the Mer- in the American League, um, and the American League will get better this year. Um, and secondly, it's how much the team stumbled in you know the uh, the middle months of the season. You know, th- this. Um, realistically after the start that they had this was a 100 win ball club it really was but you know they fell apart and the talent you know the the lack of talent uh kind of caught up to them and it was clear that they had just simply overachieved um there's a lot of work to be done and you know, we 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 don't know what work that is necessarily. Whether that is a soft rebuild, you know, maybe they look at a team like the Rays and see how much better they got trading Chris Archer and mm-hmm. bringing in Tommy Pham. Um, you know, I, I, you know, or maybe it's going all in and free agency, or it's a mixture of both. I mean, you can do both. You can trade James Paxson and still be competitive in the free agent market. Um, there are ways to get better um, and have, you know, an, an addition by subtraction. Um, yep. I just, yeah, I, I, I'm very interested to see what they do. Um, Jerry DePoto, you know, he's he's always been a busy GM. He had kind of a quiet offseason last year, you know, for him. Yeah, it's funny you say that because he's still got uh, Ryan Healy. He's still got Ryan Healy, D. Gordon, and Juan Nicasio, which is, which is a lot for some GMs. But for Jerry DePoto, we call that quiet. Yeah, and and honestly, the only thing that, that I hope doesn't happen this year, and hopefully he's learned his lesson, don't put all your faith into acquiring one player and, you know, and that's kind of what happened with the Otani thing last year. And then he, and when Otani didn't work out, he fell behind on the starting pitching market. And that's what raised all those eyebrows about, you know, the rotation. Um, You know, I think he truly was banking on Otani coming to Seattle. He got all that, that money in, and that was his, that, you know, was his, um, that was the plan. That was the plan. You know, and I, I hope that this year he's not banking on some unrealistic idea or some really risky idea. You know, hopefully he's not banking this entire off season on wooing Bryce Harper or something outrageous, you know? Yeah. Um, 
or even, you know, more simply, you know, hopefully he's not relying upon, I'm going to trade James Paxson before I come to an agreement with a Dallas Keuchel or a Patrick Corbin. You know, hopefully, hopefully that I just don't want, I, 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 I hope that he has a plan B, C, D, E, F, G, et cetera. Yeah. I, and it just didn't really feel like he had that last no, year. It honestly felt like after he missed on Otani, which by the way, I'll just say, I, I don't know that anybody's actually doing this, but I don't see how you could blame uh, Jerry DePoto for not landing Otani. I mean, the guy did everything. Yeah. I mean, everything to get him to come here, and he just didn't want to be here. And by the way, he'll regret that decision because the Angels are a train wreck. But, I mean. And so, he's having Tommy John surgery because they. Shocking. Oh, my God. Yeah. Why? Why did you do that? Oh, God. I. Can we because please, at some point. One thing I, the Angels are known for, it's keeping their starting pitching healthy and not pushing off important surgeries that could derail people's careers. Garrett Richards says hi. Yeah. At some point, can we please just make a podcast dedicated to how stupid the Angels organization is? Please. I, mean, I feel like if I clip together a bunch of stuff from other podcasts, we could fill a whole hour, hour already. I yeah. hate the Angels so much. And I hate that they fired Mike Sosha because now it gives me less reason to hate them. And they tried oh, to... Is that, is that official? Because I haven't... Yeah. I haven't... He, stepped, he stepped down. I guess, technically. Uh, uh. I just, God, I hate that guy. But, yeah, no, your your point about Jerry DePoto and the Otani thing, it really felt like after he didn't get him, he was almost, like, shell-shocked. And he just, like, went into hibernation for a few, I mean, it just. Yeah, and then he got Nicasio, like, five days later, right? Something like that. And then he went just silent yeah. after that. Radio silence. While everybody's screaming for starting pitching, and you know he was partially right because Marco Gonzalez was better than we all thought, and Wade LeBlanc was a nice addition, but we were dead right about and Alex Cobb and Lance Lynn. You know, especially yeah. Cobb was just terrible, and Lance Lynn was okay. Lynn was okay. Arietta was okay. Darvish was a disaster. Yeah. Even guys like Jaime Garcia and Jason Vargas were bad. Yeah, Jaime Garcia was really bad. You know, yeah. since I've been here in Toronto, just yeah, they they hated him here. So yeah, that's funny. Goodbye, low. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, but we were dead. We were one hundred percent accurate about uh, Felix Hernandez and Erasmo Ramirez, and it's just I want more than anything. I want the Mariners to push guys who were gifted jobs this year. And that means that I want a legitimate threat to Mike Zanino at the catcher position. I want Felix Hernandez to think that he's pitching for the number five spot in the rotation. That means not giving him the ball on opening day, by the way. Let's not do that. Which they, they probably will. Oh, they They'll definitely will. Each year will hit leadoff, and Felix Hernandez will throw the first pitch because that's the Mariners. So without gaining any money from that, by the way, because the games are in Japan. So, But whatever. Uh, yeah. Oh, by the way, do you know if if um, if the Mariners are the home team in that series? I think they're a home team one game, and the A's are home team for another. Oh, that's weird. All right. I, I think well, that's how it works, but I don't think I think both teams still host eighty-one games at their stadium. So, like, I think technically the Mariners will have eighty-two home games, but one will be 
uh, in Japan instead of 81. Like, I don't think they take away a home game from your other schedule, if that makes sense. Weird. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, you know, and uh, I guess uh, in that away game, Itaro will probably hit leadoff. Yep, probably. Because wins aren't that important. But <laughs> Especially not against the team that surpassed you last year. That's right. But, yeah, it's uh, – I want to see him bring in legit competition. I will say this. Uh, the press conference made me a little bit more – intrigued i guess i would say because i i really thought that basically the mariners big move would be retaining nelson cruz and then they would sign a bunch of like middle of the road trade for a bunch of middle of the road maybes and yeah i I guess the press conference at least made it seem like maybe they were open to to something more um and that's exciting but uh you know fortunately the off-season officially begins, depending on how the World Series ends. I think one month from today is when yeah. free agents can sign with other teams and all that fun stuff. Um, it's when international players from Japan and Korea get posted. Um, so yeah, we're we're right we're uh, we're right at the very beginning. Uh, I guess you could say it's dawn right before the sun, right before sunlight. So I don't know. It's, it's a really exciting time. Um, it's my favorite time of the year, mainly because I don't have a lot of experience with October baseball. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so this is still my favorite time of the year and, uh, it should be a fun off season. I really hope that Jerry does some exciting things. I hope he does some interesting things. I hope he does some creative things and I hope he does smart things and maybe just maybe we'll roll into 2019 feeling like we got this, but, uh, you know, and then we win 75 games <sighs> or maybe we get really lucky and we win 65 and they have to rebuild. <laughs> <laughs> that would be too lucky for the Mariners. Anyways. Oh yeah. What, what pick did we get in the draft? Pick 20. Okay. We would have been 19, but the Braves get a comp pick for not signing Carter Stewart, who was the eighth overall pick. So they get, oh, right. the, they get the ninth pick um, as compensation for that. So the Mariners pick 20th. Um, haven't really started any kind of uh, deep dive into the draft class. Um, but, yeah, they pick 20th, which is kind of a bummer. Um, well, wasn't Mike Trout picked like 20th? 26, actually. Okay. Well, yeah. Hey, maybe the twenties are hey, our lucky number. Good players fall to the twenties. It happens with injuries and contract demands and all that. So, you know, the type of player you can get from eighteen to twenty may not be significant, but it also could be. So that's yeah. why that's why I really wanted things to. Again, if you're not in it, then I want to pick as high up in the draft as I can. Um, and they weren't in it for all of September, so I would have been just fine if they had lost every game in September and ended up picking eleventh. But they pick twentieth, so. Um, but you know the draft is uh, the draft is what eight months away, so I got plenty of time to look that stuff up and uh, come up with good stuff. But uh, yeah, even when it helps the Mariners lose, they still find a way to win. Fantastic. Yep. So all right, so I think before we go, yeah. um, let's do some predictions for the playoffs. Oh, all right. <laughs> 
Cool, cool. Something that we something that we don't know about. <laughs> hey, we're expert uh, predictors because we never have to be a homer. That's that is very true. So here, let me pull up the bracket. I believe they start National League wild card game tonight. Yep, Rockies and Cubs. Um, man, those games yesterday, or at least the, the Cubs Brewers one, was pretty cool. It was. Maybe someday. Maybe someday. Yeah. Uh, we almost had a game 163 of our own a couple of years ago. I, oh, well. was at, I was at game 161 when that almost happened, and game 162 when that could have happened in uh, 14 and 16. Two of uh, the best games I've gone to, but whatever. But anyways, uh, Rockies, uh, Cubs, that would be Freeland versus who? Um, Lester. Should be Lester, but let me let me go to ESPN and check. This is the kind of content our listeners crave. <laughs> <laughs> what listeners? Yeah, John Lester is uh, pitching. So Freeland against Lester. Um, in Chicago? Yeah. I don't know. You know, I like teams that have momentum. I feel like even though the Rockies lost yesterday, yeah. um, they have a bit more momentum. Going into it, I, I, I like their team. Um, eh, but I'll, I'll probably go with the Cubs. Yeah, you typically go with the home team in these one-game uh, one playoffs. Um, yeah. And I, Lester's got the big game experience. I'll go Lester, or I'll go uh, the Cubs, but uh, I'm rooting for the Rockies in that one. Yeah. Okay, and then uh, we got on the AL side tomorrow, so the – A's are going with a bullpen day. Yep. And then I Severino. believe Severino. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And this is going to suck, too, because it's like, this is the reason we're out of it. It's because the A's had this amazing season, and I feel like they're just going to get knocked out in the first <laughs> game. I'm taking Oakland. Really? They're smarter than the Yankees. And I just really want their bullpen thing to work because I love teams that are innovative and teams that are willing to take risk. And Oakland and Tampa Bay did that a lot this year, and I want to reward them. And by reward them, I mean hope that they don't lose and embarrass themselves so I don't embarrass myself. But yeah. I'll, I'll take Oakland. That Yankees lineup is so stacked. No, but, you know, Severino can struggle. and uh, Yeah, that's true. You know, it's. I think it'll be a battle of the bullpens, and I'm. I'm definitely more interested in that game than I am the game today. Um, yeah. No, I mean it's playoff baseball, so it's always interesting. But well, the A's are the A's are truly um, the definition of a wild card. Um, yeah. You just you just don't know because they they shouldn't have been this good, but they were, and yeah. they just kept on winning somehow, and. Yeah, I mean, they 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 might be that team that can just keep it rolling. Um, I don't know how they would be able to, to beat Boston afterwards, though. But hey, yeah. you know, crazier things have happened. So, all right, so you so we both agree on the Cubs, uh, and then you got the A's, and I have the Yankees. Um, I also kind of just selfishly want the Yankees, so we can see another Boston Yankees playoff series. Uh, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> Um, but I think the most interesting series, uh, out of all this is Indians Astros. Yep. That's wow. Yeah. 
I uh, I don't even know where to begin with that. I kind of uh, think the Indians, honestly. I think they're... Yeah, I mean... The bullpen, I think, is better. I think their rotation is better. I mean, Houston's got a great bullpen and a great rotation. But I think Cleveland's a little bit better. And that sounds weird because... I don't, my concern with taking Cleveland is that they got to play, like, half of their games against the absolute dreck of the American League. I yeah. mean, every team in that division was so bad. And in Houston, four of those teams were mediocre to good. I mean, yeah. and even Texas, while not a great record, they could score runs. I mean, they weren't ter- terrible um, at run scoring. They were terrible at preventing runs, but yeah. they could score runs. So that that's, leaves me a little hesitant, but I don't know. I just I feel like Cody Allen, Brad Hand, and Andrew Miller – on top of probably Trevor Bowers going to the bullpen for this series, I uh, I come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a five game series. Anything can happen. Um, Kluber versus Verlander is going to be epic. Yeah, and I, I kind of wish that it was Kluber versus Cole, but whatever. I mean, really, any of those pitching. But then what? Cole goes up against Carrasco, probably. Yeah, or maybe Bauer. I mean, that, that's that's a good matchup too. It's it's a yeah. really fun series. I'm looking forward. Yeah, to that I actually one. I actually see Clevenger going to the bullpen instead of Bauer. But I mean, either way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, I think I'm with you. Actually, I think the Indians win. I think they have uh just a little more edge to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they I think they can. Um, I think it'll go to five for sure. Yeah, same. Um, and I think the Indians have what it takes to win in Houston. I don't think they would be phased by, um, you know, the crowd or anything like that. I don't, I don't think there's nah. any sense of that. I think they, I think the Indians are a really well uh, put together team. Um, they have a lot of veteran leadership. They got a really well balanced lineup. They have a lot of depth. This is the Indians are the team that I want the Mariners to be. <laughs> so, yeah. and top it all off, they have probably the best manager in baseball, if not. If not the best, definitely top three or four. I mean, I can't think of anybody who's significantly better than Francona. Um, maybe Madden, maybe. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I like Cleveland. Um, and I just I don't want the Astros to be rewarded for uh, for Robert Roberto Ozuna. Like, ugh. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's another Yep, yep, Indians all the way. <laughs> then again, the then again, the Indians uh, have their mascot issue that. So I mean, eh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. I don't. Know. I'm still rooting for Cleveland. So yeah, I'll take I'll take I'll take Cleveland over over a, a woman beater any day. <laughs> yeah. So okay, I'll go Cleveland there. Yeah, uh, and then another pretty interesting series: uh, Braves and Dodgers. I am rooting for the Braves like crazy. I'm rooting for the Braves too. But my heart says Dodgers. Uh, yeah, I just you get Kershaw. On the, my, my head says Dodgers. Yeah. My heart says Braves. But Kershaw in the playoffs, I mean, you that's gotta, true. You got to figure though. Eventually, that gets turned around, right? I mean, the guy's too good. Um, I mean, they I call him. Clayton, they don't call him Clayton Manning for nothing. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take the Braves because I think they play looser. I don't think anybody expected them to be here. 
And I think they're just young and talented enough to just kind of go out there and let it all hang out where the Dodgers every year, you know, they come up short. I mean, granted, last year coming up short was game seven of the World Series. Yeah. But uh, I don't know, man. I just, I guess I'm rooting for the underdog. And I, I think Atlanta, I guess my concern with Atlanta would be the bullpen. Um, and I, I don't know. I'm gonna Which stick, is another reason why I've linked Edwin Diaz to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that it's going to happen, but. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that makes, that's the perfect fit, really. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the Braves, but I think you're probably right and say yeah. the Dodgers probably win, but I'm gonna go Braves. Okay. All right, and then um, we both agreed on the Cubs, so we'll say Cubs versus Brewers. Mm-hmm. Um, we just saw the Brewers uh, take a game, take a pretty big game from them to win the division in Wrigley. Um, I don't. Is there any doubt in your mind that the Brewers beat the Cubs? I mean, there's doubt because it's the playoffs and anything can happen. Yeah. And, I mean, the Cubs were, you know, one game away from hosting the entire National League playoff uh, picture. But I just – I think the difference is the bullpen. The Cubs' bullpen is really banked up. Uh, they don't have Morrow. They don't have uh, – is it Pedro Strop? He He's not going to pitch. Mm-hmm. And I just think that – their starting rotation isn't good enough to carry that slack. And then you throw Milwaukee, that lineup is so deep. They're going to have ridiculous bench options. And Josh Hader coming out of the bullpen two innings at a time, I just I, – I think I think the Brewers are just better than the Cubs right now. Yeah. So I, I would take the Brewers, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then um, – so I have Yankees, Red Sox. You have A's, Red Sox. Um, Red Sox. Yeah, either way, really. I just yeah. – the Red Sox are really good. It would almost be like – if the Red Sox don't win the World Series this year, I think you have to consider their season a failure. Yeah. And that sucks, but, I mean, they're the clear favorite. I mean, the rotation, the bullpen, the lineup, it's all ridiculous. They should win yeah. the World Series this year, but yeah, we'll see. You know, you know what's funny, though? Uh, even though I picked the Yankees to beat the A's, I feel like the A's have a better chance of beating the Red Sox just I because I feel like the A's could catch them off guard. And the well, A's just play baseball well. Yeah, I, I think I think their lineup actually fits in Fenway pretty well. they yeah. got a lot of right-handed power. Yeah. Um, and the bullpen, again, I just, I don't know. I don't, it's interesting, because I don't know, like, would the A's try and force their starters, like, if you're the Yankees, you're going to start CeCe Sabathia, you're going to start Tanaka, you're going to start Severino. Whereas if you're the A's, I mean, like, hey, you know what, we might start Blake Trinan this, today. Who knows? Yeah. You know? And he'll go two innings, and then we'll give it to Trevino, who will go two, and Rodney will go one. And they can really piece that together. I, I think the A's, because they're going to be more willing to think outside the box, have a better chance. Um, I think the Yankees are more talented, but I also think that in the playoffs that doesn't always matter because we're yeah. not talking about 162 games. We're talking about one. Yeah. And anything can happen in one game. So I don't know. It's it's an inter- interesting thought, but I do think that the Red Sox are the best team in baseball. Yeah. Okay. So um, 
I think we came to an agreement on. Oh well, no, we we didn't agree upon uh, the Dodgers Braves series, but everything else. Um, so we got the Indians facing the Red Sox. Yep. You just said that the Red Sox are the best team in baseball. I agree. I think the Indians can give them uh, some issues, yeah. but I say Red Sox I, I and six. See them maintaining that for a seven game series. Yeah. Um, I take the Red Sox and six. Yeah. So we're good there. Uh, then I have uh, Dodgers Brewers and you have Braves Brewers, which is awesome. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> that's, that's the kind of matchup that I like to see. Heck yeah. <laughs> um, man, I, God, I, either, you know, when you put the Brewers up against either one of these teams, they're really good. <laughs> the Brewers are really good. Um, you know, they don't have the, the, the best rotation by any means, but... You know, they, they have a fantastic bullpen, um, and that offense is insane, and they got the MVP on their team. Um, yeah, I'm going Brewers. Are you talking about Lorenzo Kane or Christian Yellick? Yellich. Uh, I would go Kane, but either way. Really? You, you take Kane as the MVP? I do. Um, that being said, it's not like, I mean, I'm pretty sure Yellich will win it, and I'm fine yeah. with that. Uh, I think Kane's just been a little bit better, but it's like, you know, who cares? <laughs> it's not like when... They're they both awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, and I, I really doubt Brewers fans care. Uh, I know if my team was in the championship series, I wouldn't care how many awards I won. So, uh, yeah, so I don't know, the Brewers, I think, again, the starting rotation isn't great, but when you look at, like, Soria... Hater and uh, Knable, who's been really good the last month. Yeah, and that's that's so filthy, and the lineup is so deep, and the bench is deep. I just I feel like it's going to be very hard to beat the Brewers in a seven game series, just because every option they have is like a good one. Like, what what weakness are you going to exploit from the Brewers? their starting rotation, they'll just take their guy out. Yeah. And they'll go to their deep bullpen. So I don't know, man. The Brewers are really good. And yeah. I kind of think it would be cool to see the Brewers in a World Series. I just, I don't know. I, I think maybe this is their year. Maybe they caught lightning in a bottle. So, uh, I mean, the Braves would be really cool too. Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> I'm happy with either. But I, I think in that one, I'll take Milwaukee and I'll take them in seven just because I hope every series goes to seven. Yeah. So we were lame and picked both number one seeds to reach the World <laughs> Series. <laughs> uh, but screw it. They're the best teams in baseball for a reason. Yep. Um, yeah, I just I, – I, I can't see the Red Sox getting beaten. Uh, you know, the Burrs are really good, but the Red Sox are just even better. <laughs> and yeah. if that's even possible. And, um, yeah, I – it's going to be hard to beat those guys, and I, I, I think that, you know, like you said, it's World Series or bust for them. I could see it, you know, I obviously you can see any situation play out realistically. All of these teams oh, yeah. were really good enough to, to uh, make the postseason. I mean, 
both wildcard teams were, uh, I mean, one of the wildcard teams was over 100 wins. The other was three away from 100 wins. So, um, yeah, I mean, anything can happen, but, God, it's it's hard to see the Red Sox not win the World Series this year. Yeah, it is. I just, yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I want to pick the Brewers. Um, yeah, I do too. But just because I feel like they had the type of off season that the Mariners needed to have, and just refused to have, and also it's a really fun team. I mean, yeah, I'm not I'm not like a huge fan of like Ryan Braun, but the dude's a great player. It'd be kind of cool to see him in a World Series. Um, yeah, you know, it's just it's tough to imagine anybody taking down the Red Sox. Uh, I mean, the Mariners were able to do it quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they went four and three against them. Yeah, uh, or three and four. Yeah, whatever. We had, there that that comeback with the uh, Denard Spans double that was cool. Yeah, it might have been the highlight of the year, sadly. But, <laughs> yeah, or Wade LeBlanc's like nearly oh, no yeah, hit. Yeah, yeah. That was good too. We didn't even talk about Paxson's actual no hitter. <laughs> uh, I was that. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to say that Christian Yelich and Lorenzo Kane carry the Milwaukee Brewers to a world championship. Damn. Taking down the Boston Red Sox. Yeah. And I apologize to Brewers fans everywhere because that is literally the kiss of death. So enjoy your I first round exit. I'm Brewers jumping fans. in the boat with you. Because I don't want to be that, that guy that just picks the Red Sox, because everyone's probably doing that. I'll pick the Brewers. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Boom. So I guess we're honorary Brewers fans. I'll let the folks at Reviewing the Brew know. Yeah. Um, and, uh... I mean, yeah. they're the they're the former Seattle Pilots, so... Yeah, that, that counts as a world championship, right? <laughs> I, I mean, I'll let them have a parade. <laughs> yeah. Just, maybe they can fly all of us Mariner fans out to their parade. Since, you know, we gave you our team, but whatever. So, yeah, so there you go. So we're both predicting a Brewers over a Red Sox World Series. Um, I don't think either of us quite believe ourselves, but, uh, you know, it's postseason baseball. Let's get weird. Let's have some fun. I know know Mariners fans are bummed and all that, and I get that. Um, But playoff baseball is just so great. I'm I'm still looking forward to it, and I'm really looking forward to the day where, you know, the Seattle Mariners are playing at Safeco Field today instead of watching on their couches. So maybe that maybe that's 2019, but for now I'm gonna, just going to enjoy some uh, good old-fashioned playoff baseball and root for all the underdogs because why not? Chaos is fun. All I want is for Josh Donaldson to hit a, a walk-off home run against the Astros and bat flip and cause Astros rants to go, <laughs> you know, go into another one of his hissy fits. That sounds great to me. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, Astros rants, the lucky Mariners uh, had a winning record against your Astros. So, yeah, you may, be, you may be in the playoffs, but who's the better team, really? They are. But anyways... <laughs> <laughs> We we don't have to uh, half, discuss half that. more wins against them like came when Springer and Altuve <laughs> everyone was out. I don't know what you're talking about. So, anyways, yeah. <laughs> whatever. We beat the Astros. <laughs> whatever they count. 
Anyways, so I think that's going to do it here. Uh, a little bit longer than I was expecting, but that's okay. We got some good baseball talk in. Yeah. And, uh, you know, make sure you guys visit the website. We are definitely going to kick up our off-season coverage now. Um, haven't really gotten around to any specific player profiles yet, um, but there's a bunch of new content on the website. We're still circling through guys who the Mariners may or may not retain. Um and there's also a uh, – by the time you're listening to this, there's going to be a piece about where the Mariners stand payroll-wise and um, one or two things they can do to maybe create a little bit more space. Uh, make sure you guys follow the uh, – was it, Ty, the – the uh, what's your series name again? Resigner oh, Decline. Oh, Decline. Yeah, Signer Decline. So, uh, yeah, yes. make sure you guys follow that. He just wrote a very good and compelling piece about Andrew Romine. <laughs> Who his answer may shock you, it won't, but you never know. So uh, yeah, you know there's just a lot of good stuff coming up at the website. Uh, like I said, player profiles are coming. Um, trade like trade pieces are probably a little further back, just because they're harder. <laughs> yeah, right, and they're harder to find. But uh, certainly, I would expect that I'll have an AJ Pollock uh, piece up. Uh, tomorrow or the day after and i know that you are anxious to tell us all why uh patrick corbin is do or die for the mariners so definitely and uh just to touch upon that that andrew Romine article uh, a little bit if you want to know how it, how it goes i won't spoil too much but the first the first sentence is what do you think <laughs> so <laughs> let, so. let's tell you how that goes yeah all right, guys, so we'll be back at this next week, probably probably next Monday. Um, we'll kind of see how it goes. You know, there might be a week where nothing really happens. But uh, I would I would say that, you know, we're going to continue to talk uh, weekly on the podcast. And I, I think we're going to have more to talk about than I originally thought um, this offseason. And if that's the case, then bring it on. I'm ready for anything. So, um Ty, do you have any uh, any final thoughts before we sign off? It's Jerry season. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Jerry DePoto, not Jerry Jones. Oh, God. <laughs> that guy can go jump off a bridge. Anyways, uh, from all of us here at SotoMojo.com, uh, thanks for listening, guys. Um, like I said, we'll be back next week. We'll be talking more players, uh, free agency, more than likely, maybe a trade or two. Uh, that we'll discuss because I do have a couple rattling around in my brain. So maybe we'll talk about those potential deals and all that stuff. But anyways, we'll see you guys next week and I will see you in another life. Peace.